there's a friend of mine who says that uh, the Kenyan middle class is only one paycheck or one sickness away from poverty. So that, that's that's part of our reality, yes. And these days it's not even your own illness because you may have medical cover. It is your parent getting sick and you use up everything. How scary is that reality? This conversation is one that got me thinking a lot about saving and specifically having an emergency fund. How many of us have it? How many of us are thinking, oh my word, I need to rethink how I save? Hello everyone and welcome back to the Safaricom Newsroom Podcast. I'm Evelyn Wambui. I'm a journalist, a communication specialist, and on this forum, a storyteller and facilitator. I believe everyone has a story to tell and every story has a lesson. So on this forum, we will listen to all kinds of stories for all kinds of lessons. So the first quarter of the year is over and I'm here thinking, how am I doing in terms of my resolutions? My number one resolution this year has been financial management. How can I diligently spend my money or better yet, how can I diligently save? And I'm sure I'm not the only one. A lot of the conversations by the average Kenyan employed or self-employed are about our spending habits, how we approach debt, the available options to saving. And those have to be realistic and measurable options, by the way. And generally how we can develop healthier relationships with money. So trust me to probe my friends on how they're managing their money. What's your ideal situation for financial independence? Wow. <laughs> um, all the kids out of the house. Uh, properly educated. Solid careers. Uh, no debts. Uh, <laughs> hmm. a good regular pension that uh, pays me uh, the same if not more than what my last paycheck was then a uh, good retirement home I also sought the experts and who better to talk to than Kelly Murungi who does personal finance as a hobby but who professionally is a corporate finance consultant and finance trainer I'm online as Rookie KE, and I own the site uh, RookieManager.com, Rookie-Manager.com, which for the last nine maybe or so years has been putting out content on personal finance and better money management habits. Also, have you heard of a 52-week challenge? It's a concept Kelly tried out after reading of its success online. It was just in the course of reading up and gathering knowledge that I found a US website that had started a $25 a week savings challenge. And I wondered, you know, how can we apply this to Kenya? And I thought, when you help someone, when um, the parking boy helps you park, you tip them 50 bob. And I realized 50 bob is money you wouldn't miss. And I said, you know, so what if we started with 50 bob a week? And it keeps increasing by 50 every week. We'll talk more about it a bit later on in the podcast. What's your biggest fear when it comes to financial independence? Well, I guess like everybody else, it will be I run out of money when I shouldn't. That is, I still have uh, uh, needs and uh, responsibilities towards my family or other responsibilities and then I run out of money and have no other way of making more. So that to me would be a crisis. For me, my case would be debt, like running into serious debt and also um, an issue of with savings, you know. What are the circumstances that make saving so difficult? 
Well, it's, 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 not, it's not easy to save. We'll always uh, need more than we can afford. So saving does require a bit of discipline and more so consistent discipline so that you learn to live with what is left after the saving has happened. If that doesn't happen, there will always be money. Money in the bank will always find uh, uses. That may not necessarily be the best way to, to use money. Mm-hmm. That's why I might disagree a bit with Elsie uh, on the issue of debt. I think debt, if leveraged properly, is one of the most powerful tools for wealth creation. As long as it is leveraged properly. So you borrow and you actually either invest in, you know, uh, valuable income generating or, or in things that will actually increase your, over time, mm. uh, uh, the value of your assets mm. rather than borrowing for consumption or things that actually become a, a liability, mm. so to speak. So, and for me, the, the other one, value I found with debt is it actually consistently teaches you the discipline you need to pay back over time, mm. such that even when after you've paid out your debt, because you have that discipline, you still have some money that then forces you to think of what to do with with what seems like actually like extra money. Yeah. Yeah. How do we go about saving? You, how do you save? How do I save? Okay, for me, my drive is usually what I want to get. So, and sometimes they can be intense and sometimes they can be very liberal. So if I really want, say, a house or I want something, then that means, and I've seen it and I already have the picture and I know how I'm going to clearly, going to, I'm going to get this, I'll pursue it. But you know, sometimes you can have that thing that you want to budget for, but then other small needs come. Yeah. And you, in your head, you know, I have this money somewhere. Yeah. You know what, I can take it and then I'll, I'll put it back. You know, like how... Is that a struggle for you guys to to keep money and know that it's there and be intentional to not touch it? If I have money in a, in easily accessible format, it's very likely that I'll access it at the earliest opportunity. Mm-hmm. And some of these things that seem like uh, uh, an important issue are only made more important because you have access to that money. Because in, in reality, if that money was inaccessible, you would not, somehow they should have been resolved mm. without you withdrawing the money. So for me, I think the challenge is finding mechanisms of saving money, but not in a manner that is easily accessible. Unless, of course, you are saving that particular money for that particular purpose, that mm. if there is a an emergency of whatever sort, the way you describe and determine what's an emergency, then that money is accessible. But if you're doing your savings for purposes, you know, long-term acquisition or whatever, it should be, in, I think, in difficult uh, places to access. Mm. So, circles, mm. I think. Mm. Uh, if it's a bank account, then more like, you know, uh, uh, timed deposits, the ones that you can't recall easily without being penalized and things like that. Mm. And then you should have a bit of money somewhere that then you can use to maneuver uh, what you consider to be crisis. Otherwise, whether you have 10 million in the bank, easily accessible, there will always be a 10 million worth crisis. If you have a 5 million Mm. (laughs) in the bank that is accessible, there will be a 5 million uh, pop crisis coming up at you. So for me, it's the ease of access uh, in where you save your money. 
Yeah. What about the discipline? And I speak to discipline because I started the 52-week challenge very diligently up to February. And yeah. I don't remember saving after that. You've you've tried the 52 yes. and you're still doing it. Yes. Maybe just tell us your secret to yes. yeah. consistency. Because I know us guys used to put it in a box and then we find something to do with it. We've tried to open an emshwari. So how how has yours continued to work? We are now in the fifth, yeah. going to the sixth month. Uh, well, I've I've missed. We have missed a week. Uh, we actually discovered that the other day. I think we meaning you and your wife. Me and my wife. Yes. Mm. I think having that accountability buddy helps. Uh, because I might forget, she will remember and say, uh, we haven't put up. Normally, the person who remembers is the person who has money. So <laughs> yeah. so on, on the alternative weekends, there will always be somebody asking. And, and, and sometimes I've had to borrow from her, say, put for me this week, I'll put for you that week. So that way we've consistently been able to uh, to put in, apart from one week, I think the Easter weekend or something. We, mm. we weren't physically where we are supposed to put the money. And uh, probably we were happy not to have been because we were broke, <laughs> probably both of us. <laughs> but the accountability buddy has helped. Uh, the, the fact that I think I know what I want to do with my portion of the money, because we are doing the 56, we are doing two 56 challenges. Each is doing their own, but we are doing it jointly. Mm-hmm. I think I know what I want to do with my money, uh, which is kind of exciting, which is having... I shouldn't say <laughs> yes. nothing profound, mm. but it, it does it does help. Where has yours backfired? <laughs> Mine, I, I think, yeah, it's just a discipline issue. And that's another thing that has taught me, especially this season in my life, where I've experienced something that just tore things in, out of place. And it's got me thinking so much, as much as I'm saving, am I, do I have some emergency? Because I usually don't have that. I have it savings or money for use so yeah. such things that happen also make you think okay oh by the way i need to have done have this in a better kitty. way yeah. yeah so that that way i don't have to pick pick it out so i started with envelopes i used to put in the envelope put my money there and then go to a time where i'm like hey this money it okay, needs to find something to do so <laughs> on that journey of now changing i don't think i've even tried, thought about it again to be honest until you brought it up So Kelly, you're the expert. Talk to us about financial literacy and how we can achieve it. Financial literacy is basically going, having the education you need to manage your money well. So to understand uh, the habitual aspects, that's what we call savings. Then to know after I've saved this money, what should I do with it? How do I invest, say, for retirement? which is a long-term plan. How do I invest for my kids' high school and university? How do I invest for my own emergencies? And for other things I may need uh, between here and the time I, um, I retire or I stop earning money. So it's financial planning, the basics of it, but also the basics of just habits. I want to make sure that I'm financially independent by 40. What are the things I can put in place to ensure that is a reality? The first step is if you're employed and your employer has a pension scheme, max out on it because most employers will match it. So if it's some of them say the maximum is 7.5%, but you you have leeway to contribute less. And what most young people do is they go for the minimum. If minimum is 2.5, that's it. That's it. But you see, you're literally leaving money on the table. 
in two ways. One, there's a tax benefit because it's not taxed. And two, your employer is matching. So if they're matching 7.5, it means every year the employer is giving you an option of earning 7.5 more and you're leaving it on the table. So max, max out on that, full contribution to your pension. And then the second thing becomes then an emergency fund. That's the next critical thing. Because how an emergency fund helps us achieve financial freedom is it prevents us from borrowing and paying expensive interest for things that, that we didn't expect. And we say that you should have at least three to six months worth of your monthly expenses in an emergency fund. And this then you only put it in a, in a, a place where you can easily access it. It can be a money market fund, can be your emissary lock savings. If you want, you know, with break bank and withdraw and spend, some people do it in, in a circle. Some circles allow you to borrow an, an emergency loan. So they will say, let me have my emergency fund in the circle, and then should I have an emergency, I'll just take the emergency loan or withdraw my circle uh, dues. Mm. Then the, the next level then now becomes investments. And there are different levels to how much you can invest. Kenyans, we like to start with a plot. Come as in a plot, I don't have investments. And there are different ways to do this. You can try save up and buy as an individual. You can come together as an investment group, buy and subdivide. You can buy land that's agricultural that you will then lease out or farm. So there are different options. So the other one that's super entry level is the stock market. Even at 5,000 bob a month, with the right strategy, you can keep investing. And the beauty of a stock market, it's a long-term game. So you can save, you can say my stock market fund, I'll just be saving 10G, 5G a month for the next six, seven years, and it's for retirement. And it means over that time, then you get to build a solid portfolio of stocks. Mm. On my site, I have a column that um, is run by Palma Thambu, who's been trading stocks. He has achieved financial freedom since his early 50s. Mm. So when he has time, he writes for me and he teaches people how to get into the stock market, how to pick the right stock, when to sell um, and how to build your portfolio, starting from 5Gs a month. Then uh, the other um, level then is, you know, big time real estate. So this is where then you develop your plot and you build rental houses and you rent them out or you build houses for sale. Mm. And when it gets to that point, then of course you have to get a sector specialist, someone who understands real estate to advise you and to rely on market data. So what is marketable for this area and what are the rentals and what's the cost? And then you do some calculations to get returns. Mm. Then you can invest in what we call quote-unquote risk-free investments. These are government bonds and treasury bills. Um, the government needs money to run the things it runs, and so it borrows from the public. They are called risk-free, not because governments can never default. It's because by the time the government defaults, no other investment is working in the country. The economy has collapsed, mm. so to speak. But what we've seen, you know, even during the height of um, our economic crisis in the 90s, you know, when we had Goldenberg and the shilling sort of collapsed, the government still paid its yeah. dues. Yeah. So that's why we call them risk-free. They are a bit clunky to invest in because you have to go to the central bank and open a CDS account with the central bank and you, you're able to buy those instruments. They don't give crazy rates of return. But like now, a bond maybe will do 12%, 12.7%, which even when you compound over long term, like for university savings, is a decent rate of return. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Finally, let's talk about uh, 50, the 52-week challenge. A lot of us 
keep procrastinating on savings. We say, yeah, so the money has come. Yeah, I will save. I will do the check to the circle. I will do this. And then you end up not doing it. So the 52-week challenge says that if you have your paycheck, if you divide it by four and you have your expenses, maybe every week you spend 500 or 1,000 on lunch. I want you to save out of that money. You're spending money. So figure out creative ways, whether it's carrying lunch to work, whether it's eating cheaper, whether it's um, uh, paying less in transport, saving on fuel, mm. so that you save every week, you save towards the 52-week challenge. And what's amazing is we've moved from the 50 bob, and now we have, like, I have one person I talk to who's saving 1,000, who's on the 1,000 challenge to save one point, I think, 3 million in a year. He runs a business. Business people don't think they have to save. But he has children he's educating. He will not ra run that business forever. So we crafted an investment plan for him. And he said, out of my profits, I will save X, Y, Z. Mm. So he's done saving for his kids. Now he's saving for retirement. And so it can be as small as 20 bob, the 20 bob challenge. It can be as high as the 1,000 bob challenge. The most important thing is to keep to it. And if you've not started even now, you can start. Mm. And you don't have to worry about catching up. Start where we are. And every extra income you get, you take it towards catching up to the 52-week challenge. Mm -hmm. The reason why I love Mshwari for the 52-week challenge is it is frictionless. You don't have to think to make that decision, to go withdraw money from your account and then walk to another bank account and put it in your savings. Mm -hmm. It's in your phone. As you're Facebooking, as you're tweeting, you just go to your M-Pesa and say, how much do I need to save this week? and you transfer it. Yeah. We've even built a savings tracker called Moneybox that actually reminds you. So like my Moneybox notification is on Wednesday. So when I wake up Wednesday 8 a.m., it asks me, have you deposited? Then I can quickly go to my M-Pesa and deposit the amount. Yeah. And then when I deposit, I tick it in Moneybox and it keeps updating how much I should have. And then the other beauty of M-Shari Lock Savings, you can't withdraw immediately. It gives you 48 hours. So you can't make those bad decisions at the bar, you know, or when you see a good shoe, you're like, hmm, let me remove my 52-week, I will refund next week. No, it takes 48 hours to get your money. Yeah. So it makes it a perfect tool to build that habit using the 52-week challenge. Mm -hmm. And then the other thing is I don't let people rest. So yeah. I have the app, I have my vlog, where every week I post the update. So like now, this week's update is just about to go out. People yeah. on the 50 should have, I think, 8,550 saved okay. by now. Yeah. So every week, you get reminders mm. and you're able to deposit the weekly amounts. Okay. But then people ask, what if I don't have money every week? Yeah. I tell them, calculate the month's amount. When you get your paycheck, transfer it mm. every month. So make it a monthly challenge. Mm -hmm. And there are many other ways. Like um, if you look at uh, Moneybox, you can choose flat savings mm -hmm. where your amount doesn't grow every, every, every week. Yes. So you can choose flat savings. You can also choose reverse savings where because December is tough, so you start by paying those months ah, first. I like that one. Yeah, and what the app does is every week it tells you today, you need to save a thousand. Mm, mm. It checks the chart for you and okay. tells you. Yeah. If you want more personal finance information, you can go to my website www.rookie-manager.com. You can follow me on uh, Twitter. It's Rookie Ke R O O K I E K E Rookie Ke. You can watch my vlog. Please, I'm just starting out. So watch, subscribe, share with your family and friends. <laughs> yes. I'm shamelessly plugging it. <laughs> yes. It's Money Box by Rookie Manager. Money Box. 
that's the same the same name of the app. Okay. Yeah. All right. Mm. Thank you so much for your time. Hopefully we'll be able to use this. You know financial management is something everyone is keen on right now. Yeah. And I like over and above after we are done with politics at any social gathering mm. financial management yes, is usually yeah. the second thing like yeah. what are we doing with our money yeah. where can we plug our money where yeah. can we invest yeah. and i like that kenyans are now becoming more aware yeah. which is now their financial literacy mm. and hopefully they'll be able to get as much content and information that will help them achieve financial freedom absolutely thank That's you so what much we're working towards. Yeah. thank you for thank having you. me okay. all right all right It's not your salary that makes you rich, it's your spending habits. I think that's the biggest lesson I've learned today. I hope this podcast has made you reflect on your financial situation and that you have learned a lot uh, with regard to the options that you can take when it comes to saving. Make sure you share the podcast so many people explore financial literacy as an option. Thank you so much for listening to the Safaricom Newsroom podcast with me, Evelyn Wamboi. You can also find me on the Human Interest podcast. That's my podcast, my personal podcast, where I upload stories about people and life every week.